I would like to welcome you to our Beyond Times Square webinar today. We are here with Eric J. Gordon. He's the Executive Vice President at Beyond Times Square and here to share all of his knowledge and information that he has for you on Washington, D.C. Eric, welcome. Thank you. Live from New York, it's Friday afternoon with Beyond Times Square. Applause, cheers. Hey, how's everybody going? Uh, this is Eric. I'm glad to be with you guys here uh, this afternoon. I'm actually, this is maybe a small thing to be excited about, but I usually give my webinars from actually this conference room that's like in the back of the office with poor lighting. It's just not, it's like a very dreary little room. And today I'm actually at um, uh, Soho House in uh, in Manhattan on 14th Street. And I'm in their private cinema, which has like big, comfortable chairs and footrests. And uh, um, I want to come watch a movie here. I have not come to any of their screenings. So so I may sound a little bit more relaxed today while I'm giving my webinars. I'm so comfortable. So um, just really quick, uh, I'm Eric Gordon. I'm the founder, executive vice president of Beyond Times Square. Um, and we... Um, just to tell you about myself, I live in Brooklyn and um, I have been selling and offering um, New York City, D.C., Boston, Philadelphia, and Niagara Falls for the last 15 years. Before that, I was in the safari business. Um, so you're definitely listening to someone who knows what they're talking about and knows how to put together things for your clients and what they would like. Um, total, I've been in the safari business for about 25, I'm in the, uh, in the travelers for about 25 years, um, safaris before New York. Um, I've been to almost all 50 states and I think about 40 countries. So uh, I like to think of myself uh, as well-traveled and still want to get out there and see a lot more. Um, and then who is Beyond Times Square? Some of you might have seen this before, but we're a private one-of-a-kind experience company for New York City, D.C., Boston, Philly, and Niagara Falls. Um, we always like to even do things outside of those areas. We handle both groups and FITs. Um, groups go on all levels. FITs are more on the high end, are on the high end. And then... Um, how we do what we do is we discover and force relationships with the best. So guides, venues, attractions, vehicle companies, all that stuff. So we know that we're doing the right thing. And then we are a DMC. Some of you call us an on-site. Some of you call us a, a local partner. So I'm sure you've all worked with these kind of companies and these are all the things that we do. So from the second the client hits the ground until they go back home, we can handle the trip. Um, and if it's uh, uh, groups coming from out of town, we even provide transportation if we need to. Uh, but yeah, we do pretty much everything your clients need when they're coming to New York City. So we're happy to work with you and uh, we look forward to doing more work with all of you. And I actually do want to say that I just came from two large conferences. We just had IPW, um, which is a large inbound U.S. conference. It's the largest in the country. And... Um, we just had that conference, which we're really excited about. A lot of good international um, opportunities uh, for visiting the United States. And then also just attended the conferences. So we're really glad about that. I met um, a lot of people who actually have listened to the webinars. Maybe some of you are on here today. So thank you very much. And um, look forward to talking about D.C. So we're going to do a little overview about D.C. before we get started, because there's a lot. So number of Smithsonian's galleries and the zoo, there's 19, and those are all free of charge. Now, we do them guided, um, but those are all free of charge to get into. And then the number of monuments and memorials, it's too many. I mean, I've lost track at like 50. 
best time of year. It's all year's a great time to go, but let me tell you, the summers are hot. I was there in August last year, um, and it was pretty hot, but I actually just got back the other day, which is the reason for this webinar. Um, I was there in National Harbor, which is in Maryland, and then I moved up to the Hamilton Hotel, which I'll talk a little bit about, um, and did a bunch of stuff that we do with our clients. So the number of hotel rooms, 32,000 and another 80,000 in the surrounding area. There's plenty of, uh, plenty of places to stay. Chances you're standing next to a spy when you're in DC is 50%. I, I just made that up. I thought it was kind of funny. I hope you did too. Number of zip codes in the pent for the Pentagon is in. It's in five zip codes. I did not know that. I did not know the Pentagon actually has five of its own zip codes, which is pretty crazy. Number of honest politicians we all know is none. Um, best ethnic food is Ethiopian. DC has a huge population of Ethiopians, and they have some fantastic restaurants. If you are going to, when you're sending clients to DC, you have to have them go to a, if they're adventurous eaters, you have to have them go to an Ethiopian restaurant. What's great about it is what I love the most is you get to eat with your hands. So I don't have to worry about a fork and a knife. And you lift everything up with this very thin bread, uh, which is called teft. And it's, it's like a spongy tortilla for lack of a better explanation. Um, definitely worth doing. Um, number of things to do besides the National Mall Mall is more than you can think. And the best company to book your guests with, well, here's my shameless plug, Beyond Times Square. So little facts and figures be fun for your guests, too, um, when they are just to tell them before they come to D.C. So we are going to talk about some biking. I did a great biking trip. And um, that's this uh, that attractive gentleman in the middle is me. Um, and I did a bike trip with one of our bike tour guides. And I'm going to go really quickly to a map that I put together for this webinar, just to kind of give you an idea of, of where things are. So I'm going to start in, in, in D.C., um, in the actual city. But I also went outside and did a bunch of stuff. And I actually stayed over here at the Hamilton Hotel. And just to give you a little um, feedback, um, it has been recently redone. They just redid the lobby. Um, the rooms are great. They're not gigantic. Um, they are very comfortable, have a lot of good amenities. <clears throat> um, I really enjoyed my my room. And um, they have about 300 rooms, but it has a much smaller feel to it. So it was, had, a, had a good boutique flavor. And then they have a fantastic Italian restaurant that just opened. They did a, the opening party happened to be while I was there. So I got to go. Um, Definitely worth staying in. It's in a great location, not far, as you can see, from the White House. And you could even, you know, the mall's not far. And then there's other, definitely a lot of restaurants in that area. And they also have this really cool micro-luxury cocktail bar called Society. I think it has 14 seats. And it's like, it's behind, like, doors that looks like it's part of the wall. So it's pretty cool. So definitely check out the Hamilton Hotel um, if you have guests staying in that area. But the way that we do bike tours, with the way that Beyond Times Square does bike tours, is that we actually bring the bikes to the hotel in D.C. So you could have a family of two, you could have 10, doesn't matter. We get the bikes to the hotel, and then we start the tour from there. And what we did, what I did with um, with uh, uh, our bike guy, Jeff, yesterday, yesterday um, today's Friday on, I believe it was Monday, but everything kind of just gelled together. I was on the road for like 12 days. And I mean, it's one thing when you're away doing site inspections and you lose track of time then too, and you're running around like crazy, but just like on my feet doing trade shows, it's just like, you know, I just want to go to sleep. So 
Um, so we started up by the hotel and then we came down and we went, we went to the White House first, um, the area right over here down to White House. And then we went down Pennsylvania a Avenue and saw everything around here. Now, some people may be thinking, oh, a bike tour is difficult. You know, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. DC has tons and tons of bike lanes. Um, it does not have a ton of fast moving traffic because um, there is a lot of traffic, but people don't really speed on the roads. Um, there's a lot of bike lanes. It is predominantly a very flat terrain, so it's, it's easy to get around. So there was actually a woman who had her father who hasn't biked in like 40 years, did a bike tour the day or two before I did mine. I was talking to Jeff. And after a little bit of practice, he was great. And he did the whole tour. And the, the, the daughter said that she hasn't seen her father so ha that happy in a while. So going down like Pennsylvania Avenue, um, checking out all the stuff that's all along here, which is like the old post office and the, um, um, the archives from the outside. And like I said, the White House over on the other portion and then coming over to the Capitol doing the front and the back of the Capitol. In fact, that photo of me is at the front of the Capitol. This is actually the front of the Capitol. This is the back of the Capitol where they do inaugurations and it faces, you know, the Washington Monument. Um, we did all that and then we came around. We saw the Botanic Garden. We went across the mall. We did Washington Monument and then we actually biked all the way into Georgetown, um, which sounds, you know, a little bit more difficult than it is. It's really not hard. We biked all the way up to here. So we had a really nice, we had a really nice ride and we actually then stopped for lunch. And I put, this is the restaurant I like to use called Farmers, Fishers and Bakers. And all this will be in the uh, the handout that we have. But we, um, I, we stopped there and then we met the captain of the small ships that we use to do our, um, our cruises. Now, you know, when you're going to do a cruise, Oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> so when you're going to do a cruise, um, some people think about those big boats that hold like, I don't know, two, 300 people, but we have these awesome sport boats, which I'm going to get to in a second, um, that are a ton of fun. They hold six passengers max. You know, we have some beer and some, uh, some soda and water on board and we do like an hour and a half trip. So a great thing to do, and I'm going to show you the whole routing as you just saw the bike trip that I did is do that bike trip end in Georgetown and then um, have lunch and then get on your boat for your hour and a half cruise. So just taking a look at this, these pictures here, you can see the very well-defined bike paths. Um, really anyone can do it. And if you have a small child, we can get like one of those tag along. So the, the child's connected to one of the adult bikes. You can even get a little bit outside the city. There's a lot of great bike paths that connect DC with the outside areas um, that can get definitely a bit more forested. Um, we always supply helmets and bottled water. You know, I don't have my helmet on here because I'm trying to look cool. <clears throat> um, but there's always, uh, you know, safety is first and, um, it's, it's very important, but I got to tell you, if someone is comfortable with biking, uh, I think this is really one of the best ways to see DC. I mean, I'm a biker myself and I like to bike around New York. Um, biking in DC, I can say is even easier. It's not as crowded. You're allowed to use the sidewalk in, in cases. And even when it's a bit more crowded certain times a year, it just, it's not difficult to get around. You just make go a little slower. And we usually do three, four hours. 
And in three, four hours, you may only cover like 10 miles. I mean, if you want to do a trip outside the city, we can cover a lot more. But it's not its not a difficult trip to do, and it's a lot of fun. So I really suggest it. But then the next thing we moved on to was our private boat tour. So you can see the size of the boats here. They did not let me drive, um, but that's just me, again, trying to be cool. Uh, in the driver's seat of the uh, of the boat, <clears throat> so you get on these these little boats, and I'm going to show you the routing, and you get to see DC from another perspective from the water. Now you're not going to repeat all the monuments that you just saw because monuments, you know, aren't really on the water. Lincoln Memorial's on the water, but the front is the uh, the front is what faces um, the land, and the back is what faces the water. Um, and not to say the back of the Lincoln Memorial is not great. In fact, it's one of my favorite quiet places to go in D.C., the back of the Lincoln Memorial. Um, but there's other things to see. So when we talk about going beyond the memorial or going beyond the, um, uh, uh, the National Mall. And just really quick, this is Jefferson Memorial, which we ended up doing through by boat and we didn't do it on the bike. So, again, you get some things that you wouldn't usually get if on a, you could get it on a bike tour, but we decided not to put it on and we did it, I did it from the boat. So if we go back to our map and we zoom in a little bit here, let me find the zoom button. <clears throat> so what we did is actually, here is the restaurant I mentioned, Farmers, Fishers, and Bakers. And then actually the boat leaves right from here. So, so um, Captain, Captain D pulled right up and um, we hopped, me and him had lunch, and then we hopped in the boat, and we basically cruised down the Potomac. So, you know, we passed like um, uh, the Kennedy Center right there. We passed the Watergate. We talked, he talked about, you know, the Watergate history and some of the other buildings around there. Really interesting, and you do come down, and you do, of course, you know, see the Lincoln Memorial, but you already talked about a lot of that. Um, kind of just relaxing i mean we always do <clears throat> everybody always wants a tour but you're moving at a good pace where you can kind of just cruise here's some good uh, good stories about how the potomac is such an important part of dc and the forming of dc and 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 the canals and sorry the locks and whatnot as, as the history of dc and you're cruising down the potomac you're getting a lot of information but you're also enjoying yourself um and so as we cruise down, of course, if there's kids in the boat, we can do like donuts and fun stuff in the water there, which, which I think is kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> and we cruise down and then the tour that we do actually comes down uh, to the Pentagon. So you actually can see the Pentagon from right in here. We come in and you see and you talk about the Pentagon. And that was not seen on the bike tour or all the other tours. So that's something that you get to see and talk about. And that's where I learned about the five zip codes. Uh, and then we come down further and we actually come down by the airport and you get to park the boat like literally under the runway for takeoffs and landings. So when we were there, the, the landings were further south and then the planes were taking off north. Um, but it's so cool to watch. Actually, on the Beyond Times Square Instagram, I posted a video of the planes and it really is, you're like, just hearing the jets is, is pretty cool. And it's actually a high, it may not sound like it, but it's actually a high point for a lot of people. Um, and then we cruise down further. You get down around this area and um, Captain Denny or any of the guides that we use talk about um, where they keep the, um, the president's helicopters, all about how they transport the helicopters and how they transport all the cars and everything to get to other destinations. 
There's also the White House Communication Center there and what that is. You also can see where the, the, the anti-aircraft artillery are that protect the city. So you kind of get this cool inside look. You get to go down by the uh, War College where there's all the admirals' houses um, and the stories of actually, and I'm forgetting the name, not just John Wilkes Booth, but the lady who actually masterminded um, Lincoln's assassination was tried and then her and her co-conspirators were hung at the War College. Um, so you actually get to go past that. And then you don't go all the way back up to Georgetown, <clears throat> but you end at the wharf. And I think I have that right here. You end at District Wharf. So you're going to come all the way down. Then we go all the way up here and we end at District Wharf. And then what did I put here? Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. So we end at District Wharf and now you're at this new neighborhood. Um, it's still pretty new. It's like a couple years old. I, I've mentioned it before in some of my webinars that they basically took the dilapidating area and made it into this, this awesome wharf. And so from the wharf, people can get off, you can go have a cup of coffee, you can get a beer, and then there's a lot of stuff going on in that area, um, which wasn't going on before. So, I mean, you could literally make this biking and cruising a whole day. You could break it up among other days. Um, and I actually want to talk about the Spy Museum <clears throat> um, before I talk about going outside of D.C., because all of this stuff right here that I'm showing you is actually pretty close to the wharf. So we have... This is the oldest um, operating seafood, uh, fresh seafood market, I believe, in the country. That's right by the wharf. Um, definitely worth hopping in there and getting yourself a dozen oysters for like $8 or something like that. I, I love doing that. <clears throat> Here's a picture of the wharf um, just to give you a, a little idea of what's going on. And it's only in phase one. I mean, it's still growing. You also have Art Tech House, which is I'm going to show you on the map where these things are. Uh, give me one. I'll find a way to embed that map in here. So um, we are, let's go from here. So we are at the District Wharf right over there. And then if we were going to go over to Art Tech House, there it is. So not very far. You can walk up to Art Tech House. That's where the Mandarin Oriental is also. And this is an area that's called... Um, the area where the spy museum is, which is right here, yeah, is actually in an area called, um, oh, did it put it in the right place or did it give the old location? No, LaFont Plaza. So basically, LaFont Plaza, which is probably, I hate to say this, but it's probably one of the ugliest parts of D.C. It's French brutalism, the same architecture that the FBI building is in. Um, so it's pretty not nice. This is actually a nice corner of it. That's actually not really a great photo. Um, that rep it's a nice photo, so it doesn't really represent the area. The area is not that nice. But now they built the spy museum. Our tech house is nearby. You have the wharf. You have like this whole birth of a new area. You're close to the Smithsonian. And I took the time to go into the spy museum when I was there um, and got shown around about what's going on there. And some people think like, oh, the spy museum is going to be like really kitschy. Um, you know, that I should look how to start this, how to start the show from the slide I was on. Um, people think the, slide, the, the spy museum is going to be really kitschy and just for kids. I got to tell you, they say it takes you two hours to go through. I could have spent probably four hours. Really interesting information, tons of videos. And I mean, they're talking about real stuff. They are showing real stories about real spies, about real Navy SEALs, both American and international they talk about the hunt for bin Laden and how they gathered information over 10 years. 
They talk about um, the Cuban Missile Crisis. They talk about all, you know, all we think about when we think spies is like Jason Bourne and, and James Bond, but all the work that goes into getting the information so you can run a covert operation is all in there. And, and you have like a little name tag and they give you a spy name. And then as you do different things, you can kind of like get yourself rated on what kind of spy you would be. Uh, they give me a desk job, by the way, but you know, that's okay. Um, definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend it for families. Definitely recommend it for just adults. Um, I think it would be great for, for a lot of different groups. If you weren't doing it along with, with your, your cruise and ending at the wharf, it's a great thing to pair with Art Tech House, I think. Um, not I think, I know, because I've been to both and, and I love those. Art Tech House is like a merger of art and technology. Um, so really, some really cool virtual virtual reality, but just some very interesting artwork in, in I can't even really explain the media. You kind of have to like see it for yourself. But definitely very, very cool. And then I talked about all the things to do beyond the mall, and we've been talking about some things beyond the mall. But now there's outside of D.C., like getting outside of D.C. and what's there. So just quickly, again, on our map, I'm going to go back to um, I'm going to go back to here to give you a little look about where I went. So if we go down here, so here is D.C. up here. Um, I drove down and I hit the areas down here. So we have over here is George Washington, Mount Vernon, which I've been to before. I didn't go back to this time. We also have Woodlawn and the Frank uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. It's the Pope Leahy House, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, hit Gunston Hall, which was really incredible. Um, learned stuff there that I never knew before. Um, the Workhouse Art Center, which any clients that are into art, I really recommend this. I mean, there's so much art in D.C. There's so many different museums um, besides the National Gallery. There's so many different... National Gallery is actually not part of the Smithsonian's, but it is free. Um, but besides the National Gallery, there's so many other art museums. But but the Workhouse Art Center takes it to a new level because it has all of the... Um, it has all uh, working studios. And then also, oh, why is this not listening, not coming up? And then we also, I went to Occoquan, which is a great little town uh, just over the river. And it is just nice and historic, definitely a place to go for lunch. There's a place called the Apple Pie Bakery. So if we were taking people down to, to Workhouse Art Center, um, I would definitely have them make a stop in Occoquan. Uh, definitely a lot of fun. And we're talking like, this is like a half hour drive. And, you know, in the morning, everyone's going to DC. So I did this drive on the way, you know, in the morning out of DC. So no problem with traffic, very easy getting back to the city in the afternoon. I had maybe about 15 minutes of traffic, just getting over the bridge. So you're looking at a pretty easy trip. Um, so going back to here, so here, let's do slideshow from current, oh, no, that's custom from current slide. Okay, I learned something today. So these are some of the things that are here. So let's start with the Workhouse Art Center because I was really impressed by this. It's a former prison from like 1910 to 2001. <clears throat> it started as a minimum security prison and then it went up to include a supermax building and a women's prison. Um, and this actually just, you know me, I jump around a lot. It was a women's prison and in 1917, it held suffragists who were arrested for picketing in front of the White House. Because we are coming up on the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage. Women's right to vote is 100 years old. 
Um, and there actually is going to be a lot going on in D.C. We're actually working on a walking tour to honor women's suffrage um, because a lot of protests did take place down in D.C. Um, I can't remember names of all the buildings because tour guides do. So I don't, but the tour guides do. But it's a, a really interesting program it's going to be. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, and this actually has a museum at the Workhouse Art Center that talks about the prison and talks about women's suffrage. But this was a prison up until 2001 when the last person left. Um, and they converted all of these buildings. So there's a bunch of these buildings. So that says Building 6. It goes up to like Building 15. They converted all of these buildings into one is a museum. And then all the others are studio spaces for 100 resonance artists. So and they have gallery space. But you get to go and walk through and meet artists. So, like, you know, let's think about you have a family traveling and one of the kids is really into art and they want to discuss, you know, they want to hear about like creative inspiration and, and different types of media. And, you know, you can walk into this. There's glass blowing, there's ceramics, there's people working with fabric, there's people working with mixed media. And it's all in this, this former prison. It's really incredible. So, that is definitely something, and I think that pairs well with the Pope Leahy house. Now, Pope Leahy were two of the owners. First, it was owned by Pope, and then it was owned by Leahy. But this is a Frank Lloyd Wright design that he created for affordable housing. Um, now, this is back, you know, many, many, many years ago. Uh, I think 100 were built. I'm not sure how many exist. This one's not even in its original space. It's on the same property as Woodlawn, which I'll mention in a moment. But going to see a Frank Lloyd Wright house is always, to me, something fantastic because the man is so far ahead of his time. So if you have clients who are into that art and into architecture, uh, definitely doing a, a the, um, the workhouse and then Pope Leahy makes a ton of sense. Maybe stopping in Occoquan to get some good lunch or a piece of apple pie. And even on the property of workhouse, there's so much green space that we can set up picnics and whatnot. And then on the same property as um, as Pope Leahy, where they moved the house to, they moved it to Woodlawn. And Woodlawn was actually, the land was actually part of Mount Vernon. So I showed you before Mount Vernon, one, and Mount Vernon was, and then Woodlawn was over a little bit. I mean, George Washington had so much property. So he gifted this to his, uh, his wife's granddaughter, um, which I assume is also his granddaughter, but I'm not 100% sure. So um, again, we'll leave that to the guys. So this is just a great historic home for people to visit if they're into historic homes. You know, we have people that travel with us. I mean, we've done stuff in the Hudson Valley where people go to one or two historic homes a day. So if you're looking for historic homes and gardens, like these are definitely great places to visit, like Woodlawn. And then we're going to talk about Gunston Hall. And Gunston Hall was what I was most impressed with. Um, it is, it's, it's a modest home of George Mason. Now, I don't know how many people here are familiar with George Mason. I'm, there's a college named after him. I was not overly familiar with him, which I'm not going to say I was a little bit embarrassed about. Um, he's actually one of the architects of the, 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 the revolution, of uh, the American Revolution, and he actually authored the Declaration of Rights for Virginia, um, in their constant, the Virginia Constitution. And his words were pretty much taken by Thomas Jefferson, who did credit him as a great mind. Um, in the Declaration of Independence and also was used in the Bill of Rights of the United States when that was, uh, when that was written. So here's someone that people don't know a ton about who actually is, uh, his, his ideas and his wordings were used in the Declaration of Independence and was also used in the Bill of Rights. So I think it's a, 
it's a place worth visiting. And I mean, the home is very interesting and you get to go through the house and see what it was like. Um, they're redoing all the gardens, but you get to see the property. Um, they're redoing the gardens as they would have been when he lived there in the 1700s. He is buried on the property with a, um, they say possibly 80 other people. There's still some of the headstones that are there. And then in addition, they uh, also have uh, theological sites where they are constantly digging on the property. So I found this to be really, really interesting. And um, I definitely think it would be something for, for clients that are coming down who are into Revolutionary War history to do um, uh, George Washington's Mount Vernon and then going over to Gunston Hall. So we talked about the Spy Museum. I just want to mention, I don't know if DC always gets the, the credit it deserves for sports. I mean, it has hockey, baseball, soccer, football, um, basketball, and a men's basketball and a women's basketball team. So, you know, people going down, they want things to do at night in D.C. I mean, there's always the Kennedy Center and other theaters, but you got tons of sports that are going on throughout the year. Definitely worth checking out. So that actually brings us to the end of this presentation. Um, and this is just information about us. And uh, we do put stuff up on social media. So I'm not, I don't have all our social media links listed here, but you could literally Google Beyond Times Square Instagram and find us. Um, you can search for us um, on Facebook and on Twitter. And then going forward, we'll actually put those links in when we send out the uh, uh, when we send out the handouts next week. So that is all I have for today. I'm happy to take some questions if anybody has them. And uh, that's it. Thank you, Eric. This is Lee, and we do have some questions for you. And just encourage all listening, if you have questions for Eric. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> anybody else with questions, put them into the question box. But Eric, there's a question about the daily uh, the bike rental. Is that a daily rental or an hourly rental? Well, when we do the bikes, we actually do it with a tour guide. So usually it's a three, four hour. Um, we don't, like if people want to rent bikes on their own, we could do it as part of a package. And usually it's a half day or a day. Okay, thank you. What about um, at the, the Spy Museum, do you happen to know if they have audio guides in other languages? A specific question was about a French speaking audio guide, but do you happen to know if they have translation guides available? You know what, I don't know, and that's a great question. Um, we can definitely find out. Um, I will say that it just opened in its new location, which is, I mentioned that, this is actually a brand new location. It's been open a month. And like, they call right now the opening, they call it day one still, and then day two, which is really like five, six months from now maybe, they're gonna be adding more things. Um, so that may be when some of the foreign language stuff comes in, but I will definitely check that out and let the uh, the person who asked know. Okay, great. Thank you. And um, just expanding on that a little bit, what about um, working with Beyond Times Square for clients who m might need a, a, for a foreign language guide, um, a non-English <coughs> yeah, so speaking have, guide? Um, yeah. In, in, you know, in New York, of course, we have the most non-English speaking guides, but in D.C., we do have... French, Italian, Spanish, Mandarin, uh, Russian, and English. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Uh, next question. Is there a minimum number of people for the bike tour for a group? 
I mean, if it's a, we, we actually do this bike tour for as little as two people. We do it as a small group for two people. We can do up to, you know, we can break the group up into groups of 15, 10 to 15 people and do a larger group. And then they would kind of go off in different directions and then come together for lunch. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, how many days would you say is the perfect amount of time for a, a DC trip? Is a weekend <clears throat> too short? Well, I mean, honestly, a weekend is, is, is probably too short for anywhere. Um, I think that if people wanted to get like just a quick flavor of the city and they got in Friday and were able to do some stuff Friday night and then Saturday, if they haven't been to the monuments to check that out and then Sunday before they leave to do something different like a food tour or, or get into one of the neighborhoods. Um, but you are just going to touch the surface, um, going to DC for the weekend. But it, like I said, that's true with any city. People come for the weekend all the time. Mm hmm. Okay, thanks. The um, the boat tours that you mentioned, also we have questions about um, for a group, I guess minimum and maximum number on the boat tours as well. So those boats hold six, but there are several boats, and then we have a larger boat that can hold 12. D.C. has like maximums on smaller boats that other cities are just not as, other cities of course have maximums, um, but they're just stricter down in D.C., now, of course, we can always get a larger craft that can easily hold 50 or 60 people. But if we're doing the smaller boats and want to have that smaller boat feel, we would just use multiple smaller boats, that, you know, and do like a flotilla. Sure, sure. Okay, thanks. So uh, we have, um, it seems like there, that is really, there's a lot of interest in that today. Is that on your website, that um, boat and it bike tour? They're both separate. Um, we will be sending this out also with all the pricing for the boat and the bike tour. Um, so we'll have that to everyone. Um, they can email the office now, but I mean, we can have this out to everyone by like Monday, Tuesday next week. Okay, that's terrific. Thank you. Yeah, the boat's one of my well, favorite that, things uh, that we do. It just sounds so cool. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for questions, Eric. So I'm going to turn it back okay. to you for closing comments. Okay. Just to let everyone know, which I forgot to mention, is we do pay commission on everything that we do sell. Um, so you guys always, uh, you don't have to worry about like marking things up. Everything's already gross. And then um, our next webinar is actually going to be next week on Thursday. And we are going to be discussing a whole bunch of new products new programs, new experiences. So, you know, you want to see what's coming up for the future. You want to see what's coming up now. I definitely suggest that you tune in. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, at that webinar. So thank you so much. And everyone, it is Friday and it is five o'clock somewhere. So enjoy your evening. <laughs> My thanks as well. We appreciate having all of you here and we uh, will get back with you next week with the handouts and the information Eric mentioned. And we have another webinar next week. So we hope you'll join us again. So with that, we will say good day and conclude the webinar. Goodbye, everybody. Take care.